Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm here to keep going on part 5 of my quarter 2 2023 review. So I'll step in there now. To kick us off, the first point for today is black and white thinking sneaks up on us in the places we least expect. I recently had a series of conversations with a high-level performance psychologist. He had an assessment tool that I was evaluating and I took the assessment to see what it was all about. In, in simulating the feedback he would give to participants who took the assessment, we walked through my results. We got into a conversation about the concept of pride and how I think about it. I shared that I avoid using the word because I believe it's based in ego, something from which I am striving to free myself because the, behavior, the behaviors driven by ego that I have observed in my life have typically led to places where I would not like to go myself. Instead, I prefer to base myself in humility and openness. He responded by telling me that this was an example of black and white thinking, and he was right. His perception was that my blanket attempt to avoid ego and pride was something that was pulling me away from better performance in my life. Instead of living this way, I could instead explore where ego and pride are helpful and where they go too far to map the territory, then utilize ego and pride only in the ways that are helpful. This is a much more synthesis way of seeing the concept compared to how I originally saw it. Despite how much I value not being a black and white thinker, this was a beautiful example of how easily it can sneak right under my nose. Feedback from others is really useful to help see ourselves more clearly, as it is impossible to see all of our blind spots internally, along with being consistently reminded of our imperfections and inconsistencies. Productivity and focus lead to greater freedom, opportunity, and peace. When we are unable to focus and properly orient our attention, we become enslaved by that which pulls our attention the most, and we fail to completely to complete objectives as effectively. We are scattered, pulled into many different corners, making little progress here and there without actually finishing what must be done. My dad used to harp on us at home about the difference between wants and needs, and he was right to do so, particularly in this case. When you finish the things you need to get done, you are able to do the things you want to do. That was the mantra to which he aspired, and I often failed to follow. Over time, I've learned that I can't fully access freedom and peace when I am occupied by the incomplete needs. And even if I try to act freely when those needs aren't complete, there's frequently a little voice in the back of my head telling me that it's not done, which is quite an annoying way to exist. If I get through the needs first, the freedom of life is open to me and I can be much more present in my exploration of that freedom. That presence is a peaceful one, as it is free from perturbation. Despite it not feeling so good to work on something without distraction initially, it is the most productive path, and it gives you the most opportunity to make the most of your freedom to choose. Practicing this makes it easier to access over time as well. As you practice more and more, you realize that focus and productivity is actually a nice mental state to be in, and that state in itself is incredibly rewarding and peaceful, especially in comparison to the state of mind of working on something while being distracted. It is the state of ultimate presence. The more that we can get into this state, which I would call flow based on Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's work, the better our lives will be. Flow in and of itself is the end game, and it's always accessible to us if we work on developing that skill in our work, in our personal lives, in our relationships, in exercise. It's always there to engage once you put in the work to learn 
how to access it. Major economic changes are happening before our very eyes. The mass expansion of remote work has revolutionized our world. It has introduced place flexibility both rapidly and at scale. This has introduced greater freedom for workers to select where they live rather than their companies doing so for them. This has introduced more movement of people to mid-tier cities like Boise and Austin and away from big cities like New York, Washington, D.C., and San Francisco. These migrations have changed property values significantly in these cities, along with leading to a major commercial real estate dip due to the surge in in remote work. And this is just one minor aspect of the major changes we are observing. Think about the Ukraine war. Without discussing the war crimes and devastating losses of human life and history, the Ukrainian economy is in an extremely fragile state, and its recovery will take a very long time. Before the war, Ukraine was one of the world's breadbaskets, exporting loads of wheat to many countries in Africa and around the world. This war is going to change that picture immensely, and the world markets will have to react. Then, we have major demographic collapses coming in the following decades in China, Russia, Japan, South Korea, and various European nations. The next generations will not be enough to replace the ones who are approaching the end of their lives. We don't have economic models for what this scenario looks like. What are countries going to do when they don't have enough people to fill the seats required for their economies to continue functioning as they used to? Is AI really going to be able to fill all of the gaps? All of this is to say that these are no longer questions for the future. These are questions of the present, which we must pay attention to now before it's too late. Prosperity comes to pass when the gains from technological advances are, are intentionally moved away from the elite. I heard this quote when Simon Johnson was interviewed by Tyler Cowen on his podcast, Conversations with Tyler. It really jumped out at me when he said it. It made me think about our current times and what the implications are for current technologies, which brought me optimism. So many of our public, so many of our most important technologies are now publicly available at low cost. GPS, smartphones, Google search, social media, texting and email, Wi-Fi, the internet itself, and now artificial intelligence tools like ChatGPT fall into this category. The major benefit of these technologies is that they open the door to great freedom and opportunity for the user, despite the challenges they they concurrently present in comparison to past technological advances, which were more complicated and consolidated during their inception. There are many other technologies which we would benefit from intentionally moving the focus away from the elite, especially in the realm of health. Although I must admit that even those technologies are becoming more accessible to the general public. Nevertheless, this sentence is a note of caution to track. If the benefits of technological advances begin to to concentrate ever more with the elite, that will be a symbol of our lack of prosperity and the need for progress. And lastly for today, we are always inherently an example to those around us. We are a deeply social species. Humans have come this far by learning from each other, both directly and indirectly. We grew up learning things implicitly by looking out into the world at social reference. As we age, we then continue growing and learning, but begin doing so more and more explicitly in formal education as people deliberately teach us knowledge techniques, and methods. Nevertheless, this implicit learning doesn't disappear. It just remains in the background as more and more 
accumulates in our attention. We continue to constantly take cues of what's the right thing to do, the right decision to make, the right religion to believe, the right party to vote for, the right music to like, the best place to go on vacation, the right way to dress and style ourselves. So with all of that being so obvious, why would we think that we do not serve as examples to those around us too, even as adults? We're looking out at others just as much as they're looking out at us, and there is no way of avoiding it. Within that lies an opportunity, in my view. If we are serving as an example either way, why not act in a way that intentionally helps the world to be, able to, to be a better place? Thanks for listening. As always, much, much love, and I'll be back very, very soon with more. Cheers.